Hello, welcome to my Camino the Podcast. I'm Dan Mullins. Can I begin by saying thank you for your support over the last few months? The download figures are through the roof. And I'm also doing some big shows, some big gigs in the next month. I know many of you are around the world. But those of you a bit closer to home, I'm playing at the Avoca Beach Picture Theatre on the central coast of New South Wales on Friday, November 15th. Then I'm playing at Club York for all my Sydney listeners. It's a great club in York Street in the CBD. Easy to get to, only about a five-minute walk from Town Hall and Wynyard Station. It's going to be a great night, a beautiful venue in the heart of the city. So that's Friday, November 22nd. And a week later, I'm at the Vanguard in Newtown playing with the country singer Jade Holland. So that's Friday, November 29th. All the details via danmullinsmusic.com. That's danmullinsmusic.com. Come and say hello. I'd love to meet you. This is a weekly discussion about the Camino de Santiago, or the Way of St. James. The Camino is a series of pilgrimages across Europe. The most popular and busy is the Camino Francaise, a path from saint jean pied de port on the French side of the Pyrenees, via Pamplona, Lorogno, Burgos and Léon, to Santiago de Compostela, where, we're told, the remains of Christ's Apostle St. James are interred. Hundreds of thousands of pilgrims walk the path each year. Most are hoping to experience the Camino's famous energy, its ability to inspire us mystically and spiritually. And I remember walking from Lourdes in France to Santiago back in 2017. Part of my journey took me to the cathedral in the French town of Oloron Saint-Marie. If you ever get the chance, stay in the town Rangit. It is magic, staffed by locals who are just so beautiful and welcoming. It was actually one of the highlights of my entire Camino. Well, I was very sad to read this week that a group of thieves tied a tree stump to their car to smash down the old wooden door at the side of the church just this week. They took a whole shelf full of ancient artefacts, religious relics, and in some cases a thousand years old or more. Seeing the footage of the broken door and the smashed glass on the marble floor really saddened me. We see priceless relics all the way along the Camino in France and Spain and Italy and Portugal. So it's awful to think that somewhere I've been and somewhere I've loved being was desecrated and looted. The Camino is all about love, happiness and the simple joys of life. And what happened at Oloron Saint-Marie this week seems to me the very anathema of what it means to be the pilgrim on a pilgrimage. It hurt to watch the footage, to be honest. Well, my quote this week is attributed to Zoe Saywood, whom I could find very little about, to be honest. But I think it applies to all of us wishing and waiting to go back to the Camino and those of you who are listening, thinking about undertaking a pilgrimage. Don't wait for the perfect moment. Take the moment and make it perfect. My guest this week is Tom Labuzinski, a pilgrim from South Bend in the U.S. state of Indiana. He's on the line. Welcome, Tom. Welcome. Good day and buen camino. Yeah, buen camino to you too. Before we start talking all things camino, tell us about life in South Bend, Indiana. Well, South Bend's in the middle of uh, the United States, really, uh, and it's not uh, in the northern part of or the southern part of Indiana. It's in the northern part of Indiana. Uh, curiously enough, uh, it's the uh, South Bend of the St. Joseph River, and uh, that's how it got its name. And um, uh, many people around the world may not know, but people from the United States know that South Bend is the home of the University of Notre Dame. Uh, a major uh, 
Catholic university uh, in the United States. Uh, they're known uh, for a lot of things. Uh, probably a lot of people know them for their football teams for the past hundred years or so. Yeah, I've I've actually heard about Notre Dame and the football program. There you go. So it's it's a lot more famous than you think. So that's where the university is. It's it. Would you call it a university town? I coming from South Bend, I would say no. Uh, it's not a college town. It's. Uh, uh, the university happens to be here in South Bend, and they're a pretty good uh, citizen of uh, of South Bend. Yeah. You, you teach a, a Camino course in your local community. Tell us about the course. Right. And I, I just, you know, the, the idea that, that to share this idea with everybody that's listening to your podcast is that uh, to think of how we could spread the word of how great and uh, inspiring the Camino is if uh, people went out and taught courses uh, about the Camino in their own communities. Uh, I think that it would be uh, uh, so inspiring to share that. Uh, you know, Dan, you probably, when you got back from the Camino, uh, during the first few weeks, you talked to all of your friends and your family, and you told them, they, well, they said, well, how did you like the Camino? And you tell them, and after about two minutes, they sort of glaze over, <laughs> and you know the conversation's about over with, right? Yeah, it's so and, true. And, and so after doing that for a few weeks, I, I actually was sitting in church thinking, okay, this is just such an awe-inspiring event. What am I going to do with all of this information? I need to share it with people. I just can't keep it inside anymore. And so I came up with the idea uh, to have a class. And I happened to know some people that uh, uh, have a program called Forever Learning here in South Bend. And there's similar programs not only around the United States, but I'm sure around the world, uh, where uh, older adults go for continuing education. Uh -huh. And uh, so at this uh, Forever Learning, they teach 100 different classes, and we all do it for free. And uh, uh, we have over 1,000 students that take, you know, one of these 100 courses. And so for the past uh, three and a half years or so, I've taught uh, a program. It's a 10-week course, and it's um, uh, an hour and a half each each week. And uh, we go over everything about the Camino, its history, um, how to pack for the Camino, how to train. Uh, this past uh, uh, semester, I've had uh, many students that have graduated from my program, and they've been out on the Camino Live, and they call back uh, via video phone. And uh, we have them talk to the class, and so the class members can see people just like themselves that were students here just a few months or years ago, and they're there doing the Camino Live. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Then they come into the class, and then they share their experiences as well. And it's amazing the people that want to come in and share their stories. And uh, we just had a couple of weeks ago an 80-year-old lady that did her uh, seventh uh, Camino, and she wanted to celebrate her 80th birthday with five ladies that have uh, did the Camino with her that were also turning 80. And um, uh, it's just so much fun to share this experience and then to see people get so uh, excited about doing it. They go off and do their own Camino. Yeah, my, I love it because my next uh, question was about the people calling in live from Spain or, or, or any of the other Caminos indeed. And I thought what a great idea it was. 
And they must be so excited to share what they are going through, knowing that the people back in South Bend would be so excited to hear from them. Right. And then they're also excited to come back home and then share that story with them. Uh, when they're on the road, you know, we can see that they may look a little tired yeah. uh, at nine o'clock in the morning back here in South Bend. It's three o'clock in the afternoon there. So many times they're just getting into their, uh, uh, their albergues. Uh, they're just taking a rest uh, at three o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, you can tell they look a little tired perhaps, but they also look uh, uh, full of energy from just being out there and, and being on the Camino, being very happy. You, you have walked and written a bike on the Camino. How do the two exactly? Can, how do the in two fact, in fact, in, Well, first of all, I got to tell you that, that, that uh, I think that we may have crossed paths really. Uh, and you went in August 16. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where, uh, where were you, uh, give me a, a date in a town and I, I'm, I'm wondering if we cross paths. Well, I'm, I mean, I started in Sahun. Uh, right, but let's say, let's say, uh, anywhere from, let's say, I'm thinking we might've passed each other August the 9th through the 15th. Where were you those days? I was, well, from the 9th to the 15th, <laughs> I was, I think Astoria to, uh, to Santiago. I arrived in Santiago on the 16th. Okay. And I, okay. We did pass each other. This is, this is great. There you are. So, so, uh, uh, what we did was, um, uh, and, uh, I should go back because, uh, uh, you always ask the question, Dan, you say, well, you know, what got you interested in the Camino? Sure. Uh, but you haven't asked that yet. So I was going to so get, I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but so this, this, this comes into it that, that, um, uh, so I, I, at Notre Dame, they had, uh, Martin Sheen come and give a talk and show the movie the way when it first came out. And so then I got the movie and showed it to my family, and my two oldest sons said, Dad, when are we doing this? And so my two oldest sons and I, we did the Camino. We had about a month. We didn't have enough time to hike the entire um, 800 kilometers from Saint-Jean, but we wanted to start in Saint-Jean. So what we did was we uh, hiked, uh, for the most part, all the way to Astorga, and then we got on bicycles in Astorga. So it was a little bit of hiking, a little bit of biking, and we were able to see, you know, what we liked out of each of those ways of, of, of uh, doing the Camino. And so we passed each other um, in those last uh, few days because we, uh, we uh, got to Santiago the morning of Sunday, August the 14th. And um, uh, so I am positive that you were walking and we biked right past you and we said, when Camino to you. Well, there you uh, go. How fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so probably in those last few days, uh, there were these, these three guys from America, from South Bend, that went right past uh, Dan Mullins. That's but so we didn't great. hear you playing your guitar. Uh, but uh, uh, I bet if we even figured it out later, we might have even stayed somewhere close to each other on those last few days. I just thought that that was a, a yeah. great coincidence to be there. And it was beautiful weather, wasn't it? It was absolutely stunning. It was gorgeous. Yeah. Really, really beautiful. Let me ask you something then. If you, had, okay. if you walked <laughs> and then you biked, you know the inevitable question here. 
Did you sense the tension between the bikers and the walkers? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, unfortunately. Well, well, being one of both, what do you put it down to? Well, I think the... Uh, the bikers, I, I felt as a biker that, that uh, I wanted to be respectful of a hiker because I had just been doing that for several weeks before we hopped on the, the two-wheel vehicles. Uh, so I wanted to be very respectful. We didn't want to be ringing bells or honking horns. We just said, when Camino, and we approached people slowly. And we wore regular clothes. And you probably saw some bikers go past you that looked like they were in the Tour de France. Yeah. Uh, and you know, dressed up in those fancy uniforms and everything. Yeah, we we but call no, them that was, we call them mammals. Yeah, yeah. middle-aged men in so, lycra. So that that was not us. My right. son said, "We're not doing that. We're dressing in regular clothes, and um, uh, we're going to be very respectful." Uh, and so we tried to go around everybody slowly since we were just hiking. And I know that when we were uh, um, hiking, when when uh, uh, people would come a little bit too close to us going too fast. I, I felt that that was uh, uh, um, a little bit of a, uh, of an annoyance, uh, um, and it broke your, your concentration as you're hiking and, and trying to appreciate everything. So yeah. I will say this, that I, I probably will not bike it again, uh, just because you don't have time to talk to other people, um, and uh, it sort of separates you from the walkers. And so uh, I like that community. It's all about the people, as you know, Dan. And, and yeah. uh, I think you, you, you get into that much more uh, if you are hiking instead of biking. But that's just me. But, you know, my, my one son, uh, he loved biking down from, uh, if you can remember, from the, uh, uh, the Crusade uh, uh, mm. de Ferro. Yeah, uh, yeah. And down to Molenseca, we took the the road, which is a very narrow, two-lane, bumpy road, no guardrails, lots of switchbacks, and we were going 60, 70 miles an hour down, down the mountain. And uh, my one son just loved that. Um, but going uphill, it's not so much fun, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, I... That's a lot better ride by the sound of it than it is a walk because it's a pretty ghastly walk. But do, do most, Tom, do most cyclists consider themselves as pilgrims? Ah, uh, see, that's the thing. You, you don't get to talk to many other cyclists. Uh, we, 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 didn't, we didn't get a chance. They were just biking past us. Yeah. And by the time we checked into the, you know, wherever we were staying that night, um, they were out of their biking clothes and they looked like regular. So we, we really didn't hang, we didn't hang out with the Camino bikers, let's say. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, That's interesting. And the, so it, it, you don't have that community that you have as, as a walker. Yeah. You also hiked the Kumano Kodo in Japan to become a dual pilgrim. Tell us about that pilgrimage. You you know that um, that's just north of you guys, yeah. Uh, and so, and so, uh, my youngest son who missed out on the Camino, uh, we wanted to do an adventure last summer, and what we did was we did the Kamano Kodo in Japan, and then we came down to your area, and we came to Sydney, and we uh, 
uh, went and hiked uh, the uh, the Blue Mountains. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, along some of your, your shoreline there that's just beautiful. And then we hopped over to the island there of New Zealand, your, your easterly neighbors there, and uh, just found that to be uh, 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 a fun, fun trip. The Kamano Kodo, though, is very different from the Camino. And you can become a dual pilgrim. They're the only two official UNESCO world hiking sites in the world. And uh, the last I checked, there's only about twelve or 1,300 people in the entire world that have ever done both and become dual pilgrims. So you have to take your, either your Compostela or your credential that proves you did the Camino, take it with you on the Camano Kodo. And it's a very different experience. There are fewer people, fewer places to stay. It's a shorter hike. Um, it's a little bit more rigorous because uh, they don't believe. And if they have a mountain to climb, they go straight up it. They they don't believe in 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 a uh, you know going back and forth a zigzag path to make it easier. They just go for that mountain. And when you know all the temples and everything, you're at the top of the mountains. Um, but it is it, it's a very different experience and. And most nights we had people from, you know, all six continents uh, there um, uh, hiking with us. And uh, we saw them quite often because there aren't that many pilgrims. But it is a different type of uh, an experience than the, than the Camino. How far do you walk in total? Uh, you can do it to get their uh, credential in probably uh, four or five days only. Oh, okay. And uh, you still... They've got these little huts along the way that you stamp your, your credential yourself. And uh, uh, a lot of woods um, and uh, not many big villages. You stay, you know, and you, you can stay in people's homes. Uh, but you have to really book it ahead of time because uh, there aren't many places uh, to choose from. And there's a, a couple of good websites that help you make those reservations. And because it is so limited, you have to really do it uh, a ways in advance. And just one last question. Um, it's not the, the 88 Temples Walk, is it? The Temples Walk? Yeah. They're, they're, yeah you, well, you see, you see shrines and temples. And, and if you do get the dual pilgrim, the, the uh, uh, priest will take you into the temple and you get to bang the drum in a ceremony, and they make a, a special thing about that, and you get a special certificate and pin picture up right. on the website. And your mouth, supposedly. And, and oh, one nice thing, Dan, is that each, each evening, uh, you can oftentimes you can uh, take a, a nice hot bath in natural hot spring water. Oh, wow. And uh, many places along the way have that. And uh, uh, the Japanese are quite particular the way you do that. You know, they, they, you, you have to take a, your shower before the bath in a certain way. And uh, there's, there's a lot of culture to be learned when you go over to Japan to the, be respectful and to blend in. Yeah, yeah. There is a walk in Japan that is called the 88 Temples Walk. And I'm th pretty sure it takes like a oh. month. It takes like a mm -hmm. month. Um, and you visit yeah, 88 Temples, yeah. Yes, but that's the, yes, not the Kamano yes. Kodo. And that's no, no, no. There, it's not. It's it's uh, that is a different one. 
but that's that doesn't get you the dual pilgrim. Right, of but course. But it is a beautiful walk, yeah, and yeah. Uh, there is that way of doing it. And again, there's lots of mountains. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's not much flat land there in the middle of of Japan. It, the, they're all on my bucket list. I can tell you, the, the course you teach touches on, and I'm quoting you here: the total Camino pilgrimage experience. How do you describe the total Camino pilgrimage experience? Uh, I've got a list of uh, like about 50 gifts that I got from the Camino. Uh, and when I say gifts, it's, it's the benefits of going everything from, you know, gratitude to, to uh, uh, the, the uh, awareness, uh, the letting go of control, uh, the um, um, uh, living in the moment, uh, those sorts of things mm. that uh, uh, you you uh, you let them you know let you share the idea of you get these things you receive the, these gifts uh, by doing the Camino and there's not many places in the world you can go to to receive all of those gifts that are uh, uh, that you get on the Camino. Uh, I think there's some real strong benefits to to walking the, uh, the across the, the the path there of St. James. Yeah, uh, you're you're also a board member of the American Pilgrims on the Camino, and I, I've said here many times that Australians and Americans are incredibly fortunate, and I think it's one of the reasons we perhaps seek a simpler life, a pilgrim's life. Would you agree with that? It, you know, that's the way to do it. You know, you can, there's so many people we see that take tours and so forth and make it complicated. Uh, but, you know, Dan, don't you agree that uh, hiking on the Camino, uh, it, it is so simple. You put yeah. one foot in front of the other. You don't need a reservation. You just follow the arrows. And uh, and uh, where else in the world can you do that? Uh, it, it, is, uh, it gets you out of the... Uh, uh, the routine, and it makes you so much more aware of your life and your surroundings and the people you're with. Yeah, and that, that's right. And, and the, the, the explanatory notes for the course say that you teach and will discuss the how, where, when, who, and why of the pilgrimage. So take us through the why. So, okay, I, I just went and did the Camino again uh, a couple of months ago. And uh, I wasn't planning on doing it. Uh, I, I saw this, this cheap airfare from Chicago uh, to Barcelona and uh, thought, okay, uh, even if I do this, if I only have a week vacation left this year, I could still do this. So without much planning, I just took off for Barcelona, took a train to Pamplona, and then the bus to Saint-Jean, and I'm, I'm there. And uh, the first night in Orison, uh, you've been there. Yeah. Uh, I, I took out this little uh, one-inch square video camera, and I went to folks having dinner that night in the middle of nowhere, you know, up in the Pyrenees in Orison. And I just asked each individual there, and there were about 40 or 50, I says, why are you saying why the, they do this? So they're doing it for a bonding experience, uh, recovering addicts that are doing it uh, uh, to help kick that habit. 
people looking they don't know what they're going to do in life, people recovering from either divorce, the death of a loved one, uh, uh, maybe somebody was laid off from a job, uh, people are retiring, uh, it's a career change. Uh, they're doing it for so many different reasons. And uh, uh, so the why, I explore that. And, and then I have to tell you, Dan, if, and you might want to take your microphone with you the next time that you go yeah. on the Camino. Yeah. Uh, because, because then after I did these interviews, uh, each, each night, uh, people are saying, oh, there's Tom. How's that video coming along? And so I would get updated interviews. So how's the Camino going for you? And so, oh, I should tell you of one experience. I'm, I'm walking through the Pyrenees just at almost the very top of, of um, uh, going from Orison to Roncesvalles. And uh, up there, it was a cloudy day. The first time I went with my sons, it was just a beautiful sunny day. Uh, but both are just beautiful in and of themselves. Uh, but so going on the cloudy day this last time, uh, I'm in this cloud and, and all you could hear is the wind at the top of the Pyrenees and cloud in front of me, behind me. Uh, nothing else was visible other than the, the, the ground right below me. And I thought, I'm, this, is what, this is what heaven must be like. Uh, and so I felt almost, I felt compelled to pray. And so I started praying and I was praying out loud. And this was the first time I had done that on this Camino. And then a man comes from behind me, from out of the cloud. And he looks at me and he smiles and he says, hello. And I said, hello, my name is Tom. What's yours? And he says, Jesus. And I looked at him and he had this long black beard and long black hair. He was from Spain and he really did look like Jesus. And, and, and we smiled and we talked that one of the nicest guys, this guy happened to be probably in his young thirties. And then he says, well, I'm going to walk on. You have a blessed Camino. And he walked on and, um, uh, I said, goodbye, Jesus. And he said, goodbye, peace be with you. <laughs> he walked off into the cloud. So we were talking, um, about the course, um, and the who and when and why. What about the day-to-day -day walking? How do you tell people or teach people to prepare for the long walk? You know, they, they say that the, uh, the average uh, pilgrim is overpacked and underprepared. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, that, that's a tough thing because... Uh, and no matter how hard you try to tell somebody to not overpack, they do. They, it's, it's tough to let go of, of, you know, things you use on a daily basis and uh, things you think you're going to need. But all you really need is, you know, you know, two shirts, two pairs of pants, underwear, you know, your socks. You know, there's not much more. Um, and so we go through the pack and, and I show people. Uh, what kinds of things to pack for. But with preparing, uh, uh, each person is, is, you know, to prepare on their own. Um, I do know some, some hiking uh, groups that go different places that mm -hmm. they, try to, they try to hike together, but uh, uh, we haven't done much of that to hike together. So everybody's on their own, but 
I encourage them to do several days back home like they're going to do on the Camino. So if you're planning on hiking 20 miles a day, you should be able to hike 20 miles a day in successive days back home before mm-hmm. before you leave. And so um, that's probably the important. My wife happens to be an exercise physiologist, and she warns people not to increase their mileage more than 10% in any week. So if you're if you're wanting to get to 20 miles, you know, it could take you 20 weeks to get there if you want to do it very carefully and successfully. Um, so, and then it's difficult to train for, for mountains in Indiana. Uh, we don't have like, uh, like you could go off to the Blue Mountains over there. Uh, we're very flat here in Indiana. Uh, we'd have to go to Lake Michigan and hike the dunes or go to a tall building and hike steps almost to try to get in shape to do elevation. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, but, we yeah. do, but we do have to, you know, encourage people to do it. And still with all of that, everybody does do a little complaining. You know, I should have listened to you and I should have gotten in better shape before I left. So yeah. a word to, the, word to everyone doing that. And good for wearing in your shoes too. Oh, oh most definitely. Yeah, wear your shoes at least a, a couple of months before. Uh, so you know those shoes are going to work out. I should tell you, I also even have a podiatrist come in and, and uh, talk about uh, uh, suggestions for shoes and for socks and to put in, you know, maybe uh, liners uh, uh, under your socks and, and things like that. Yeah, well, that's – the foot care is, the, is one of the most critical things because so often you walk past someone and you think they're having a really awful time because they haven't taken good enough care of their feet. Right. And everybody has their own prescription for what's going to help prevent blisters, don't they? Yeah. Uh, and uh, it seems like the, the majority, though, say that uh, uh, liners, hiking liners are, are good. So you've got two layers. Uh, and um, uh, if you start feeling any heat or pain, uh, you immediately stop uh, and maybe switch socks and liners and a reposition or you tape uh, that hot spot before before it becomes a problem. You, you also focus in your course, Tom, about the Spanish history, the culture, the art, the nature, food and wine. They're a big part of the allure of the Camino too, aren't they? Oh, isn't, you know, where else in the world are you going to get that? You know, that, you know, people have been hiking this really before Christ as, as we know now. Uh, and um, uh, the the architecture, uh, the food, as you know, it, it changes um, from uh, from region to region, from village to village, and it's such an ad- a culinary adventure and cultural adventure, and the churches and and oh, it's the scenery. I mean, one day you could be walking in mount- over mountains. The next day you're walking through a forest. The next day you're walking through the Masada and uh, through big cities like Leon or Logroño. Or, you know, it, it's just amazing the variety that you've got. So to prepare people for that is also good. Yeah, And yeah. also the history of, of St. James, who St. James was. yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, that uh, uh, a lot of people don't, you know, this isn't, this isn't uh, uh, Dan's uh, hike. It is St. James 
uh, pilgrimage. Yeah. And that's what, that's what can really make it special. You know, the St. James was Jesus's cousin. Right. And, uh, and, uh, uh, so they were very close and, and, uh, uh, that makes it a very special walk. Yeah. I love the thought of walking in his footsteps. That's, it's a lovely way, right. to, lovely way to look at it, I think. You know, I read somewhere right. in your bio, you're a local coordinator for foreign high school students and host families. And we're enriched by mixing with people from other cultures and other countries, aren't we, Tom? Oh, aren't we, though? You know, I, I, in college, I, I spent a year in Rome living, and uh, I guess maybe the Camino brings that back to life for me, because when I was uh, in college living in Rome, we traveled around Europe and even traveled through Spain. And I'm so old that, you know, Franco was the king of Spain when, when, when I went to Spain, and it was a quite a different country at yeah, that time. Yeah. And, uh, uh the, the, seeing the cultures and and traveling as a young student around Europe with a backpack and staying in uh, the the book the Bible back then Dan was called uh, Europe on five dollars a day <laughs> and uh, so you can see why I appreciate the Camino yeah. uh, it it takes me back to those days where uh, you travel uh, it's it's simple. Uh, and you get to meet people from all over the world. Uh, it is, I just think it's the greatest thing that you can do in this, in this life. You teach your students that you can do the Camino walking adventure on your own, at your own speed and budget, and for your own reasons. But what, Tom, can we learn about ourselves by undertaking a pilgrimage? You know, it gives us time to think we get out of the routine, and the routine sort of numbs our awareness, doesn't it, Dan? Mm. You know, it is when we get out of that routine, uh, boy, we we uh, uh, we wake up and we we go outside and take those first few steps, and that cold air hits us in the face. Uh, that helps us wake up, not only physically but mentally. I think it makes us more keenly aware of the environment around us, the people around us. Uh, by talking to other people, I think we not only learn about them, but we learn about ourselves because they're also interested in us. And then we tell them about ourselves and some of our, our deep thoughts. And that helps bring them to the surface, doesn't it? And so I think that that, that does have a, uh, a powerful benefit to hiking this pilgrimage across the the uh, the northern part of Spain, and there's so many pilgrimages to do. Mm. You know, just doing that, and that's one of the things that the American pilgrims on the Camino are trying to uh, uh, to let people know about is all these other paths that you can take in these different routes. Uh, you don't have to stay on the Francis route, as as you know, when you started in Lourdes. Yeah, that's right. Well, I I just happened to have six weeks, so I knew that I would I could walk from Saint Jean in four weeks, or just about four weeks. So I just thought, well, I'll just add another couple of weeks on. So I was really lucky right. to be and, lucky to be able to do that, the extended Camino in a way. And I hear you're presenting to the American Pilgrims in March in Lake Tahoe. I will be there. I will be there, and I'll be singing yes. singing some songs for you too. I can't wait. And- it's going to be and fantastic. I, I'll, I'll, we'll get to meet each other there. And uh, I, I should say that, you know, anybody 
from all over the world can join the American Pilgrims uh, because you do get a discount for the uh, for the national gathering if you are a member. Uh, you can tell that I'm uh, the person on the board that's in charge of membership, right? Uh, by, <laughs> but but, but uh, if you do become a member, then you get an invitation. You're one of the first ones to know when you can sign up. And we do believe because this location at Zephyr Point in Lake Tahoe is going to be, it's a little bit smaller, but oh, is it a beautiful location. We went there just a, recently to uh, to check the place out. And it's gorgeous and just brilliant place. And uh, we think that it's going to sell out in a day. Once when the email goes out, uh, it, the reservations for some two to 300 people are going to go within a few hours. So if you're a member, you'll, you'll get to hear about this first. And uh, <clears throat> we'll have great people like yourself, authors, movie producers, and it'll be all things Camino for four days there in Lake Tahoe. I can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. It's a long way from home, but it just sounds like a wonderful adventure. What are you telling potential pilgrims to expect on the Camino in 2020 and 2021, Tom? I'm asking them if they want to be on, you know, with a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in 2021, uh, when when the Feast of St. James falls on a Sunday, it becomes then a uh, a holy year and a plenary indulgence for those that want to take advantage of that. So they're saying three times the number of people. There's 350,000 plus that have done the Camino in 2019. They're expecting uh, uh, over a million, so three times that number of people based on previous statistics to do it during the whole year. And uh, so uh, if you're going to do the route from Saria to Santiago, I, you'd have to have reservations uh, and be prepared to to share the path with a lot of people. Now there are those less traveled pilgrimages uh, perhaps the Portuguese, the Camino Norte, Ingles, the uh, the Primitivo, uh, and uh, those are just a few. But you can you can take those different routes to get to to Santiago. There there may be fewer people there, but it might be within once when you get in striking distance of Santiago, a hundred kilometers or more, you'll want to make your reservations very well in advance. Uh, and, um, so that, that's, uh, if you want to be around people, that might be the year to go, but plan it carefully so that you're, you don't become disappointed because that is a lot of people. In fact, last year we had some people from Spain, uh, that came and talked about the, uh, the whole year. And I believe we might even have somebody else coming from Spain this year, Dan. So you're going to get to hear that firsthand, uh, about uh, the preparations for the whole year as well. Yeah, I, I doesn't the, the number of people doesn't frighten me so much as as sort of not really having that space and time that we talk about. Um, right, it's not going to be like the normal Camino. If no. you can imagine, yeah, three times the people wanting to, you know, go into the basilica. You know, yeah. a lot of people have found it very disappointing that uh, this year the uh, basilica inside. Uh, it was filled with scaffolding and restoration, and you weren't able to see the Bota Fumera swing back and forth. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, we don't want people to be disappointed. Uh, 
that it's not going to be the uh, the uh, the ideal Camino that they had in mind. So um, I suggest that you know if you if you want more of a peaceful Camino, take a Camino route that's not as well traveled. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, that might be that might be a, a best way to do that. Do you have a favorite place on the Camino Frances? Oh, Dan, there's so many, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. Uh, I, I think being at the top of the Pyrenees between Orison and Roncesvalles is very, very special up there. That's where I, I met uh, Jesus, you know. Yeah. Uh, but the, on a beautiful day, you can look out for miles there, and and it is just. That's just breathtaking. You feel like you're you're up there with God almost. You know, it's it's amazing. Or being up on the uh, mountain uh, of Pardon, uh, outside of uh, mm-hmm. Pom- Pamplona or Osorebro, uh, uh, or or leaving your your rock off there at uh, uh, the uh, uh, Cruz de Ferro, or or going to Finisterre. That's a special location too. Uh, so there's. There's many locations. It's wherever the people of the Camino are, I think, is, is special because the, the people make it uh, the pilgrimage. Yeah. I really believe that. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Tell us a Camino story. Oh, boy. Uh, I've got so many. But so uh, one day we're hiking uh, near Los Arcos and uh, – my oldest son, uh, his his knee was really bothering him, and uh, so he says, "Dad, I just I just can't hike anymore. I'm sorry, but I just can't do this. What are we gonna do?" And my youngest son says, "Well, we could get a bus." And he gets on his phone and he looks when the next bus is gonna be coming the next village, and he gets it all planned out. And we get my oldest son on a bus and we say, okay, go to the, the Magica in, uh, not Los Arcos, but another town. Uh, uh, the Magica is a sort of a magical uh, uh, ho- uh, hostel. Right. And it's, it's, I think, just before Estelle. And, um, uh, and so my other son and I hiked as he goes on a bus and we're worried, you know, will he be able to walk to the hostel? Will he get lost? Will the bus drop him off at the right place? You know, is, is he going to be able to complete that? We're just so worried about Andrew. And after about four or five hours of hiking, we finally get there and Andrew is laying with his feet in this, this like swimming pool. And he's got this beautiful Irish lady sitting next to him, uh, giving him a back rub and they're, they're drinking wine and uh, they're just having the best of time, and he's playing his guitar, and it, I mean, it was like idyllic for him, and we were so worried about him, you know, and it's sort of letting go, and, 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 and the Camino will provide for you. And then that, that lovely Irish lady hiked with us for days and, and was just such an addition to our, our, our company, and Andrew got healed, mm-hmm. And uh, everything was was fine. So when you think things are going to go bad, the Camino provides. And uh, uh, there were so many angels along the way too that I can I could just say that. Uh, uh, oh, there's one where there was a a, a bad uh, uh, Jose and a good Jose in in uh, Saint Jean. We had a reservation because we thought you know we're getting in there late. Uh, 
uh, and this Jose answers the, the door and he says, no, no reservation, mm-hmm. full, out. And so here it is, midnight in St. John. We oh, have no, no place to stay. And so we called him the bad Jose, and we ran into a French couple, and uh, we asked them, you know, where can we stay? Is the tourist office open? You know, what do we do? And they went to people's, the, the different bars and stuff, and asked people in French where we could stay, and they found us a place, and this woman came from out of the, this village uh, down to, to St. Jean and opened up this private club and um, uh, so we got a place to stay there. And uh, my son, well, my, they, they, they bought us a drink, this French couple, uh, to celebrate. And uh, uh, we were tired because we just came over from the United States and we we're going to start our Camino the next day in Saint-Jean. And so then the French couple bought us drinks and my, my oldest son, uh, he says, well, I'm going to stay down here and have another drink with them. And they were up until about four o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and I, heard, I could hear them singing French songs. And my son doesn't know any French, but he was somehow communicating with them, singing songs. He got out his ukulele. Dan, if you were there, you would have brought out your guitar. <laughs> and they sang until the wee hours and became great friends. And uh, then in Saria, we couldn't find a place because they gave away our, our Camino. We, we, we knocked on a door and this guy named Jose called like 20 places and found us somebody's house to stay in. And the good Jose took us to these friendliest people around Saria there and uh, got us a place. So the, the, the bad Jose, the good Jose, when you think things are going to be bad and your plan doesn't go according to the way you, it sh- you, you really want it to, don't worry. It's going to turn out better. You're going to have a much better time just letting go and, and letting the Camino provide. That's great, Tom. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. I've really, really enjoyed it. And I'm going to put a link to your uh, your course in the podcast notes. So if anyone's listening in, in or around South Bend, they might sign up. So good luck and thanks okay. for sharing your story, your enthusiasm and your scholarship. And I look forward to meeting you in in March at the American Pilgrims uh, of the Camino Gathering in Lake Tahoe. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Buen Camino, my friend. Buen Camino. My guest this week, the American Pilgrim Tom Labazinski, a pilgrim from South Bend in the U.S. state of Indiana. I'll put a link to Tom's course in the podcast notes. My quote this week is attributed to Zoe Saywood, whom I could find very little about. I think it applies to all of us wishing and waiting to go back to the Camino and indeed those of you who are listening thinking about undertaking a pilgrimage. Don't wait for the perfect moment. Take the moment and make it perfect. I hope you find what you're looking for somewhere along the way. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. Somewhere along the way Somewhere